0: a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL, then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of data and he's ready to tell you the way it is, or well, the way he thinks it is. Where are you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends around the country. Who are wondering what kind of weird crap is going to happen to them on Friday the 13th. That is right, boys and girls. This is Datitude episode number 71 for a Friday, May the 13th, 2022. It is the first ever Datitude on Friday the 13th. How did that happen? We started the show on in September. I had to look up to make sure that that was really the case. We have not had a Friday the 13th since August. Very odd. But whatever. Let's let freaky stuff happen. It's Friday the 13th. Have fun with it. And, you know, we're going to spend the morning talking about the Saints 2022 schedule with Rod Walker coming up in just a moment. So what other better way can... Look, when you look at the schedule, I mean, you start thinking about all the things that can happen during the course of a season... But one thing never changes for Saints fans. And really, for that matter, any fan across the country in any sport, really, you've got to have your superstition. When you believe in things you just don't understand, superstition. You better be washing your face and hands. Hey, man, what kind of superstitions y'all got out there? Everybody's got them. Did you think about superstitions? Is it weird that the Saints' schedule came out on the 12th and, you know, we're going to talk about it on Friday the 13th. Why not? Here on Datitude. Everybody's got their superstitions, right? I mean, I, I, look, I, I'll be straight up. I like to tell my personal story, so... I mean, you all know that I, the one, one of the best perks about my job currently is I don't have to cover the Saints on a weekly basis. In fact, I probably only have to go to two or three games a year. Last year, for instance, I, don't, I didn't have to cover a game until I think it was the Dallas game was the first game I covered, um, which was, what, late November, early December? So I was home... As a fan, which I haven't, I don't normally, throughout my career, a lot of times I don't get to do that. And when I can, I do. So here's my superstition. I have many of them. I I don't step on cracks. When I played baseball, I walked over the lines, never touched the line. if You you can avoid it. I don't open umbrellas in the house. Um, Throw salt over my shoulder. All that junk. I do it all. Okay. But last year, there's a particular shirt I wear, and I sit at home in my couch because I got the NFL ticket on one channel, on the, the Red Zone channel, on, on one TV, and the Saints on the other TV. And I wear the same shirt, okay? Doesn't matter if it's winter, fall, cold, hot, doesn't make a difference. I wear the same shirt. But for some reason, I couldn't find the shirt, to wear for the Giants game. Yeah, it's the Giants. I don't need to find it. I'm not going digging through laundry or whatever happened. Maybe it fell in my closet. Who knows? I don't need that shirt for the Giants game. Guess what? Superstition, boys and girls. Superstition. All right, Rod Walker coming up in just a moment, but I'll give you my brief thoughts on the 2022 schedule, and I will be getting into it again with Rod in a moment. But I uh, said it yesterday on At The Book. By the way, if, uh, if you have not tuned in to At The Book or our Buy you Bet show, Buy you Bet's on Monday, At The Book on Thursday on bet.nola.com, on our nola.com Facebook and YouTube channels, which is where we put little snippets of this show, Every Friday and any other time we're doing a show. Programming note, I'm all over the place today. Wednesday we'll have a special datitude with Andy Lack, uh, golf analyst and just phenomenal reads. If you're into golf at all, you need to pay attention to Andy Lack because he is phenomenal. Uh, He will be coming on our show on Wednesday to preview the PGA Championship along with Uncle Big Nick, who I'm sure will have his thoughts. He's cooled off a little bit, but
1: uh,
0: we're expecting a big run from him and uh, we're going to have him on week of the major. And then next Friday, I believe we're going to be talking to Doug Mouton of WWL next Friday. But uh, when I looked at this schedule, my initial thoughts were, again, I've said this yesterday, I've said this a thousand times, and I'm going to say it again. There is no conspiracy against the New Orleans Saints. Roger Goodell doesn't hate the Saints. The NFL doesn't have it out for the Saints because you know what? Fans of 32 teams in the NFL thinks the NFL hates their team, and that Roger Goodell hates their team. Roger Goodell doesn't think any less of the Saints than he thinks of the Browns or the Raiders or even the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, it is what it is. So when the schedule comes out, it—I think I really think it, a computer spits out these schedules. They make sure there's no conflicts in those towns on those days, there are certain days when uh, NFL teams can't be at home for whatever reason. If they don't follow on those days, they let it slide. They just let it go. And so I think that's what happened here. But to me, there's got to be some kind of process that a team can see its schedule ahead of time and at least object to one or two weeks or whatever. And there's no particular week that I would object to. It's the way this, the schedule was put together is what I have a problem with. And you look at it, and it not, only are, not only is the first half considerable, if you base it on 20, the 2021 20, records and what teams were last year and how they look going into this year, not only is the first half of this schedule much easier than the second half, not only that, but you look at how many home games, it is so front-loaded with home games. It is almost obscene. I mean, you play a road game to start the season. You play a road game in week three. And you have to go to London in week four. So three out of the first four weeks are basically on the road with Tampa Bay sandwiched in. But then you have four of your next five games and five of your next seven games at home. You're playing five of your eight home games in a seven-week span. Well, You know what that means. You're on the road a whole lot from Thanksgiving on. And it's got to be a little bit more balanced. And then the bye week in week 14 is brutal. To put it after San Francisco, at San Francisco, and at Tampa Bay is brutal. I mean, sure, you'll need a break, but to me, you need a break before then. It's kind of like how college teams schedule their bye weeks before their biggest games. LSU always has a bye week before they play Alabama. It's set up that way. And this is brutal. So what does it mean? To me, it, there's one thing that really sticks out like a sore thumb. or Whatever. Sticks out however way. And if this team does not get off to a fast start, maybe Las Vegas is right. Maybe they won't win eight games. Maybe they knew something that, we didn't know. Maybe they had an inkling. Uh, maybe they kind of got a gist of what the schedule would look like. I don't know. But realistically, when you go through this schedule, there's there's no question if this. I don't. I think if the Saints don't start at least four and two, then you can kiss the season goodbye. That that's how tough the back end is. And I hate. I I say this to to people all the time. It's only October, but. In this case, I mean, you're talking about to me. You now, I, I, as, as silly as it may sound, it's almost a must-win that you go to Atlanta and win in Week One because you got Tampa Bay coming up at home. Yeah, they always beat Tampa Bay. Great. That's great. It's still Tom Brady. The Saints will still be underdogs, and then at Carolina, you got to go two and one you've got to go two and one there at the minimum Minnesota, Seattle, Cincinnati, you got to go two and one through that stretch. So you got to be four and two when you go to Arizona on a short week, crossing the country, going to the west coast, and then, and then that's another thing. You got four or five on the road and the one road game is sandwiched in with these home games and you go across the country on a short week. That's just weird. So sometimes I think, and again, I have not gone through everyone else's schedule. Rod will tell us in just a moment that the Saints are the only team in the NFL that starts off the season with three uh, division games. I take him for his word. It's the first time it happened. It's happened in 27 years. And I have not dissected everyone else's schedule, and I will. And we will on bet.nola.com. But that's brutal. So just the way that it's set up, I mean, I, I just think that if there's anything I would ask the NFL to do, and maybe they do this, I don't know, and this is the best they could come with up with, I seriously doubt it. But when you see a schedule that has home, home, away, home, home, and then on the back end, you got away, away, bye week, home, away, away it's you can't you know from Thanksgiving to New Year's Day they're at home once. That's not acceptable. It shouldn't be acceptable. That shouldn't happen. You shouldn't go from Thanksgiving to New Year's without play, with playing just one home game. And your bye week is two weeks before Christmas. I have a problem with it. It doesn't matter whether I have a problem with it or not. I'm just saying, that's to me, that's the, that just doesn't seem like there was a lot of thought put into that. Hence, why I think teams ought to be able to say, we object to such and such, and the NFL looks at it and says, you know what? You're right. You've got a beef. So let's do something about it. What do you do about it? You fix it. you got all that time to make a schedule. And I know, again... I don't think that's a conspiracy. I don't think the NFL hates the Saints. But I don't think there was enough thought by the league put into this schedule when they looked at it. Because anyone who objectively, objectively would look at this schedule would have to say that this, they could do a better job than this. And uh, not only that, you talk about the beginning of the, the season. We don't know. And I'm sure this doesn't, this doesn't have anything to do with anything. The, the NFL doesn't have to put this part of the equation into it. But think about Alvin Kamara. If he's suspended for six games, you're talking about basically there's no easy stretch in the sense of the word easy. But if there is such a thing, the easiest stretch of the schedule is the first six games. And you could potentially be without your best offensive player. I mean, think about that. So, again, 4-2, and two, boys and girls. That's what I see. I think they will go 4-2 and two when I look at it. If I had to predict, I think 4-2 and two is fair. I think, you know, if they lose one of the three division games, and most likely it would be Tampa Bay, but if you lose one of the three division games, let's just say that happens. And then you have to win two out of three against Minnesota, Seattle, and Cincinnati. I don't think uh, Cincinnati's going to be as good as they were last year. And frankly, the way the Saints defense is, is expected to play and should play, that's actually a decent matchup for the, for the Saints. That offensive line is not good. And we know Joe Burrow, as good as he is, he's not going to be in Joe Burrow mode in week six. He likes to turn it on at the end we'll see uh, at Arizona against Vegas a much improved team I think next year was in the playoffs and I think they're going to be better than they were last year Baltimore we don't know what they are so not only do you need to go 4-2 and two, I think maybe realistically through 9 weeks maybe you need to be 6-3 and three. And then after at Pittsburgh, which is not going to be as easy as everybody, everybody's mocking that off as a win. You you don't write off Mike Tomlin. You're 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 kidding yourself if you're writing off Mike Tomlin. That team's going to be good. They won with a completely immobile Ben Roethlisberger last year. I understand that it's either Mitch Trubisky or a rookie playing quarterback in Kenny Pickett, but they got T.J. Watt, they have Najee Harris, and they have an outstanding receiving core and a pretty good O-line, and besides T.J. Watt, a good defense in general. And then the Rams, and then at San Francisco, and at Tampa Bay. I mean, that's brutal. So six and three boys and girls through week nine, you can do that. You put yourself in the running. That's a realistic goal. I think it's very possible that they do that. That's my thoughts on the schedule. And then you hope that you're relevant when you go to Cleveland on Christmas Eve and Philadelphia on New Year's Day and then finish at home against Carolina. So the last four weeks, Cleveland, who knows with Deshaun Watson. Philadelphia, who knows with Jalen Hurts. They have an outstanding receiving core now. Um, with the best receiver in football right now, in my opinion, A.J. Brown, or one of the top two or three, with DeAndre Hopkins being out for at least, I think, the first six weeks. Guess what his first game is, by the way. Guess what DeAndre Hopkins' first game back after a six-week suspension. You got it. Saints at home on a Thursday night primetime game. Primetime. Only three primetime games as of now. Thursday, October 20th at Arizona, Monday, November 7th, Monday Night Football against Baltimore, and of course, Monday, December 5th at Tampa Bay. So, only one home primetime game. That's weird because the networks love coming to New Orleans. So many weird things with this schedule. But we're going to get into it now with Rod because we not just talk about his predictions column, which is up not only at nola.com, and to be more specific, nola.com slash sports slash Saints. You can find Rod Walker's predictions column. You can also find it on bet.nola.com. But we start off talking about his outlook and kind of our thoughts, and we go over kind of the things that I've talked about, and I I get Rod's thoughts on what I just said. And then we get into his predictions and how he came up with some of the things that he came up with. And I had to do a double tape because Rod Walker is not usually an optimist. He's not a pessimist either, but he's usually just a straight-up realist. And I'm not gonna I don't want to give any spoiler alerts if you haven't read his column yet. But let's just say I think the beginning of his predictions are a little bit optimistic. We'll get into all that and let's do it. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast on a Friday morning. Ty McEwen, the advocate, Saints columnist, Rod Walker, well Saints and Pelicans and a lot of other things. Uh Rod, a Friday morning. I just want to tell you before we get into the Saints schedule, I am uh I'm super thrilled because if your predictions come true, my bet of the Saints winning more than seven and a half games is gonna come through before Thanksgiving, and I'll be able to buy a turkey because that's probably how much turkey is gonna cost
1: by then. Yeah, I know it was pretty optimistic uh um, <laughs> together. But yeah, yeah. It was I'll tell you the story about it, I guess, once we get into it. But, yeah, it was sort of a tough schedule to do it, actually. When I was doing it, I was like, you know, you just kind of go through the games and you end up with a record You're like 11-6. and six, Ah, that seems like, you know, a little too much. But, yeah. But.
0: Well, we will get into, we will get into the, your predictions in a minute. But I want to get your overall thoughts of the schedule. Because, first of all, like I said in my monologue, like I said yesterday on At The Book, I don't believe in NFL conspiracies. I don't believe the NFL hates the Saints. I don't think Roger Goodell thinks anything different about the Saints than he does the other thirty-one teams. But I will say this: if you would obviously, you're playing these these seventeen teams or these seventeen games, and you you're gonna play them regardless, whatever order you put them in. These are the seventeen games you're playing. That being said, I don't think they could have put this schedule together any tougher for the saints and they put them together. And the reason being this, I think the back half of this schedule is absolutely incredibly loaded. And if the saints don't get out to a really, really hot start, they're going to have a tough season. What do you think?
1: Oh, no doubt about it. And that was the thing, you know, and you know, we talked about how bright my forecast was the key to it was, I had them starting off, you know, really, really fast. And that's what it's going to take because they don't, they're, you know, I know this team typically hasn't started off fast, and I don't know if they could – you know, sometimes they start off slow and then they get it together. But with this schedule, I don't know if you can just get it together because it gets really right. tough, like you said, throw it on the back end. So they're going to have to get off to a good start. And obviously, um, you know, you look at those first games, and I mean three-division games to start the season is – tough just because those are teams that are – those division games are typically tough anyway. And, um, you know, I went through the entire NFL schedule last night. And the Saints are – and, again, I'm like you. I don't believe that the the league is out to get the Saints. But they are the only team in the league that starts the season with three division games. Uh, I think there were like five, six teams that start out with two division games in those first three weeks. But the Saints are the only ones that start out with three division games. They haven't done that since 1995 when they win the – in the NFC West, they played the I think it was the Falcons the Rams, and Rams in the 49ers That's first right. two weeks of the season. And it went on three. They just started the season that year and finished 79. So uh, if people want to, you know, the history repeats itself. Up.
0: 95 may have been uh, Kerry Collins-ish or the Billy Joes or Danny Werfel or something like that. So, I mean, you yeah. could see why they'd start 0-3. Uh, Jameis West and yeah. his hands, <laughs> hands, feet, and shoulders and everything else better than those guys.
1: Yeah, I want to actually go look and see if, like, if any teams have I mean, ever, like, just starting with three division games seems really, really strange to me. I mean, I just don't, I don't know if it's happened a whole lot. Again, I, I I know it happened the last time it happened with the Saints, but i just like to see, you know, some other teams that may have done it in recent years. because I just can't recall it ever happening, but I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it has. We don't, you know, I don't need to keep up with all the other teams like that, but it just seems like a lot.
0: Well, I can tell you bet.nola.com, will be doing trends throughout the summer, and I guarantee you that's one of the things we will be looking at and we'll be diving into. And uh, what has happened when teams have started with three division games is going to be very interesting. The, the, the thing that concerns me, <coughs> excuse me, when I look at a schedule, as, as the people who are watching this on Facebook can see, um, this is what worries me. You look at the left side of the schedule in the first nine games, there are only three ats. You got at, versus, at, versus, 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 at, versus, versus. What does that tell you? Without even looking at the other side, you know, you're on the road a lot in the second half of the season. And this was supposed to be a year where, you know, with this new schedule where the Saints were going to get nine home games. And we know that they are not getting nine home games because they have to go to London for one of them. And the fact that they, you know, it's their turn. Their turn is up. It is what it is. Um, But, you know, it's really... It couldn't come at a worse time to me because last year they got hosed out of a home game because of Ida. Ended up winning the game anyway. They played Green Bay and Jacksonville in week one. But, um, you know, to play eight home games and you look at how many are at home in the first half of the season and then the second half, I mean, you go through a stretch from week 12, which is November the 27th, the the Sunday after Thanksgiving, until week 17, Which is New Year's Day, and they play one home game. I mean that that's that just shouldn't happen. And to me, when if you're making a schedule, and I know that they go over these schedules before they put them out,
1: but you, can, I just I don't see how you let that happen. Yeah, I mean you you'd almost think that I don't know if they reach out to the team and say this is your schedule, and right. I mean maybe they don't. I mean they probably should, and the team should be able to like uh, you know have some concerns about issues like that, you know, know, and and again, I haven't looked at all the other schedules in the league, so there might be other teams in the league that face similar incidents or on the reverse side, have a lot of road games at the beginning, and so, I mean, it probably happens across the board, but again, we're focusing on this team and their schedule, so uh, that's tough, and you look at the same schedule, I mean, you talk about those road games, and they got some cold weather games in the back end of the yeah. season. you got, going to. The they're not easy, the right, they're yeah. not easy road games either, right? He's right. I mean, yeah. I think the the Saint schedule is tough anyway. I mean, they're they're playing the AFC North, which is you know could be considered one of the better divisions in the league. And um, you know, have you know Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Cleveland. All four of those teams are really good. They were all sort of in the playoff hunt last year. They didn't all make it, obviously, but um. So I mean, and I mean they're good teams. I mean, traditionally just good teams. Other than I guess Cleveland might maybe not, but um, you know, Cincinnati had a good year last year. So I mean, playing that, playing that division and playing the NFC West. I mean, both of those divisions were just were really good last year. So this schedule is going to be tough anyway. Um, so
0: I think it was Devin Jackson who said yesterday that the Saints have the if you go by win-loss records from last year, the Saints have the sixth hardest schedule in the league. And again. That has nothing to do with anything. This that, that formula is created. There's no conspiracy. Um, right. you play who you play, it just happens to fall, whatever way it falls. So um, but just to put it together this way, I mean, I I just I I I if you're a Saints fan, you gotta be worried and you gotta think. You go through this and you look at the first five weeks. I mean, I think realistically, you you gotta start four and one, all right? I mean, you look at Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Minnesota, Seattle. To me, I think you have to start four and one, or you're in a world of hurt. Even at three and two, you look at what's coming up after that, and you know even before you get to the second half, you got Cincinnati, a Super Bowl participant, Arizona, who was in the who was in the NFC West race, um, all the way down to the end. Kyler Murray, how, what's going to happen with him? Las Vegas, who I think is going to be greatly improved this year. Uh, Baltimore, we don't know what's going to happen with Baltimore and. Lamar Jackson, is he going to be healthy all year? What's that defense going to be like? Uh, who's he going to throw the ball to? Hollywood's gone. But, you know, and then you get at Pittsburgh. But to me, after the Pittsburgh game, it just gets brutal with Rams, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, bye week, Atlanta, Cleveland, Philadelphia. I mean, if you don't, and you can go further than four and two. I mean, I think if you go in the second half, I think you're almost four and one. I think if you're not six and two, maybe um, you can almost kiss your division champ, uh, chances goodbye.
1: Yeah, you know, again, I have them starting 6-0, and which again is probably a little bit, you know, you, I mean, you look at the teams that are probably winnable games, but I mean, I mean, we've, we've both covered the Saints and watched them enough to know that 6-0 is just, you know, they're going to lose a game that you didn't expect them to lose probably, but I mean, there's some games now that you have to win. I mean, you have to beat Carolina um, in week three. You probably need to beat the Falcons to start the season off. 100%. Um, you know, the Tampa Bay is a game that, it's going to be tough, and but, I mean, they've just done so well. You just say, okay, well, they can win that one, too, and they're at home. Because if that Tampa game was on the road in week two, you know would to obviously pick Tampa. Um, Vikings in London, I mean, that one's <laughs> that one's tough. was one that you have to win. I mean, they don't have Russell Wilson. So, I mean, you've got to win that one. And then the Bengals, you know, that one's, you know, they were in the Super Bowl. I, I, I do think the Bengals are going to – I think I sort of think they're going to fall off a little bit. I think they just kind of – Called called lightning in a bottle last year. Obviously, really good with you know Burrow and, and Chase, but um, they had some issues on the offensive line, which you know I don't know if they fixed those issues or not. But and then you know so, but I mean that could be a really good team. So I mean that that front end to me is just like you said. I mean the Saints have to get through it, and because those other teams, and you know the thing about the NFL though is that. Teams change from year to year. And, you know, you look at teams that were really good last year, and, they you know, they may fall off. And on the flip side of that, a team like Baltimore may really be good this yeah. year, like really, really good. So you just never know what you're going to get from year to year. And that's what makes these schedules so hard to predict because, you know, teams just go up and down in this league.
0: The AFC North is a crapshoot. I don't think you could throw all four of those teams up. And if any of them wins, I don't think anyone would be surprised if any of those four teams win. I think it's be a lot like last year. I think the worst team in that division is going to go like eight and nine. Um, You might have four winning teams. There's a real possibility there could be four teams that are nine and eight or better in that that division. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, And I know people are down on Pittsburgh, but I'm not down. I'm never going to be down on Mike Tomlin's teams because he always finds a way to make a comeback.
1: I agree. You know, we talk about, you talk about that team and the big question mark is who's going to play quarterback. But I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was... He wasn't great uh, last year. A right, so I mean, you look at you know five five years ago. If you had said you're trading, I mean, you're replacing Roethlisberger with Mitch Trubisky, you'd be like, ah, oh, that's a big drop off. But you look at how uh, Roethlisberger played last season. I don't know if that's really a drop off now. It would be Kenny. Pickett. A, <laughs> right, they, it could be Kenny Pickett. Right, and they, they have a great running back, you know, Najee Harris. And so this is no a question. team that. So, and the defense. And fantastic is fantastic receivers. To Fantastic receivers. The defense is always going to be good. T.J. Watt, we know what he can do. So I mean, yeah. Of course, by, week 10, email,
0: by week ten. By Rod, T.J. Watt could be hurt. You know, so.
1: Okay. <laughs> <You> know, that, <laughs> that very well could happen. That could very well happen. But I did have. I had a reader who emailed me last night, and he's like, he was like, yeah, I think eleven and six is realistic. But he said, there's nowhere there. No way the Saints are losing to Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and you know, and maybe I mean, I mean, who knows? Well, they would have he, said, said last year, rise, but.
0: Last year, no way the Saints are
1: losing we'll to the lose, Giants. Cincinnati, Falcons, right, 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 I mean, right. So you just these schedules, man. They're they're gonna lose a game that you don't think they're gonna lose, and uh, they're probably gonna win some games you don't think they're gonna win. But it's a it's a brutal schedule.
0: There's no question about it. Rod Walker here on the Datatude podcast on this Friday the 13th. Uh, be careful. We don't know what kind of weird stuff's gonna happen today.
1: Oh man, don't remind me. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, get your get your uh, your garlic out or your 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 protectors whatever you need to do. I know they didn't have that stuff in Jackson. You need to, didn't need to worry about that. <laughs> but here in New Orleans, we gotta we we don't know what the heck's gonna go on. All right, before I get into your predictions, um, I had an interesting uh, comment from a uh, a reader viewer whatever you want to call uh, yesterday on on the show that I thought was a was a very good question. So I'm gonna pose it to you. Um, And the question was, if you had to pick one road game on this schedule that you wanted to go to this year, which one would it be? And I said that normally if you took the dates off, and I didn't know what day they were playing, I would say at Cleveland because I think a unique experience would be to see the dog pound and and Deshaun Watson in his first year, and I think that would be fun. However, I don't want to spend Christmas Eve in Cleveland So I had to pick something else and, um, (laughs) there are some tough choices on here, but I would probably say at San Francisco, uh, could be one of the best games of the year. A team that has an outstanding defense, just like the saints, that could be a low score. I mean, the last time they played or whatever, it was like 51 to 50 or whatever the heck it was. Jimmy G was throwing the ball over the place. Drew Brees had, uh, like he was going back to the future or something. I don't know what was going on, but, uh, To me, that would be the game that I would pick. What would you pick if you – now, you get to go to a lot of road games, but if you could only pick one as a fan to go to, which one would you pick?
1: I think as a fan, I think – man, I think I'd go with Pittsburgh, man, just because of that tradition there. And um, As far as game and stuff, that probably wouldn't be the one. But, I mean, just – again, it's just something about, you know, Hinesfield and seeing the terrible tiles and uh, probably a little (laughs) – I'm not being objective here because, you know, I. <laughs> that's a team I grew up <laughs> oh, there you root, go. rooting for, too. Explain no, no, but I think even if it, if it wasn't, though, I think that would probably, I'm kind of look at it like, you know, just as a casual fan. I think it's a city that, I mean, it's a team that Saints don't play, but, you know, you don't go there but every eight years anyway, the way this schedule works out. So um, there's these other games, I mean, like San Francisco. Well, they haven't played San Francisco out there much lately just because of the way that the bit, things have kind of fallen. But, yeah, I would say Pittsburgh first. And, yeah, San Francisco would be second just because it's, hey, it's San Francisco. So.
0: Well, so, you know, well, here, I'm going to go off topic for, like, 30 seconds. All right, that that reminds me. So you grew up being basically a Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris fan. That just goes – I've always said this. The argument about Tom Brady is the GOAT because of the Super Bowls he's won. Does that make – Terry Bradshaw, the second-best quarterback in NFL history? Absolutely not. So stop with the (laughs) Super Bowl arguments. You're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. They won despite Terry Bradshaw, not because of it. (laughs) Right. How about Mean Joe Green and Jack Lambert had a little something to do with that?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. I agree with you 100% on that.
0: All right, I get off topic. All right, here we go. I want to talk about your predictions. And um, for those of you out there who haven't seen – Rod's predictions, they are on uh, nola.com slash sports slash saints, or you can see them on bet.nola.com as well. We put them on our site uh, as well. And Rod, uh, I had, I was going through, I had to do a double take. I had to like make sure I was scrolling through and really, you touched on it, but you, you have the saints starting six and O. And let me just say, if the saints start six and O, the buzz around this town is going to be insane with a new coach, assuming Jameis is going to be healthy, because we don't know that really. We don't know that he's going to be ready to go week one. We hope he's going to be ready to go. We, we think he'll be ready by training camp to, to get going, but we really don't know. So, I mean, you hope it's not – I mean, no offense to Andy Dalton, but, I mean, you'd much rather have Jameis Winston out there. But what was your thinking in going through and having the Saints start 6-0? and uh,
1: I don't know. if it, I think what happened is so we knew the opponents anyway, right? So, before the scheduling came out, I just, I just kind of did the wins, wins, you know, win, loss, or whatever I thought they were going to do with the, the games. Then the schedule came out, all of my wins just happened to be on the front end of the schedule. And I was like, man, we're, I mean, this is, you know, I'm starting this off 6 and 0, oh, which again, I just think that was probably a little too ambitious. So then I think I, I caught myself on the back end trying to say, okay, I got to. Temper? You know, I, I got to kind of make up and. Put some Like, I don't know if I would have had Cleveland and Pittsburgh as a loss, but I just felt like if I didn't do that, I mean, now all of a sudden you're looking at 12 and 5, and I said, well, that's way too – I just yeah. don't think this is a 12 and 5. I agree. And I could I could be told – so, I mean, I, I kind of caught myself trying to make up for it a little bit, I guess, on the back yeah. end. But, you know, when I looked at those first six games, I just didn't know which one – I guess putting the Bengals as a loss would have probably been – like, out of those first six games, I mean, which one of those would you, if you, if you're doing your picks and you had to make this team a five and one team, which one would you probably say? Like, I just didn't know. I couldn't find one other than Cincinnati, maybe.
0: I think they actually match up well against Cincinnati, only because, um, obviously, the strength of Cincinnati's team is its offense and it's Joe Burrow right. and it's Jamar Chase, um, and it's it's running game. However. Um, so I would say, um, you know, if we go through this every year, and fans give me grief every year because I pick the Saints to lose to Tampa Bay every time <laughs> I think except one. But, I mean, you have to be realistic. And I think the two teams that scare me the most in the first six games are Tampa Bay and Minnesota. And Minnesota. I, think, yeah. I really think the Vikings are going to be much better than, than they were last year. I actually think Kirk Cousins is a, is a pretty good quarterback. I know a lot of people don't. Um, but I think that that team's going to be much better, and I think they're going to be one of the surprises in the NFC. I think they're going to win that division. Um, I think Green Bay's going to be down a little bit uh, with morale. I think Devontae Adams means so much to that Green Bay team.
1: Oh, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I, I, would pick, I would pick the Vikings to win that division as well. I agree with you on that.
0: So I mean, those are the two games that scare me the most of the first six. Um, but I don't think five and one's out of the question. Um Right. I think it's probably more realistic, but I but I think five and one is is a possibility.
1: Yeah, and you know when I, when I went back and looked at it, I mean I think I do think six. I mean I I'd, I'd be shocked if this team started to the season six and zero. Oh, I mean even though I have it right there. You'd I mean, look like a genius. Yeah, I would. But I do think they'll lose one or two of those games. And you know, if they do that, you know maybe they make up on the back end, and you know again with that Cleveland Pittsburgh the two losses that I had. I mean I, you know maybe I should. You know, go the other way on those. On those.
0: And, and I think you know one of the things. Another thing I'll disagree with you on. Um, not that I really. I think it's. I think your record is pretty close to what I have them. I think
1: that's. Yeah, it's just how I got there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a fair, I, think, well, I think most people. I think you get to eleven and six. But I think. Yeah, I think how I got there probably. I mean, I can I understand. More, I can understand. I think they're probably
0: more of a ten-win team, but I think eleven's realistic. I mean, I don't think that's out of the question. Um. I think that you have their first loss at Arizona, which, I mean, it's on a short week. It's on the road on the West coast, which is a tough swing. You didn't know that when you were, when you were putting together, but I I, I think they they've shown that they actually match up well against Kyler Murray. And I, and I I think that, um, you know, now he has another weapon uh, in Hollywood Brown and we don't know. I don't remember how long DeAndre Hopkins. I think that might be his first no, game that, back.
1: That's, that'll, be, that'll be his first game back because okay, of, you
0: know, so that's that's kind of bad luck for the Saints. Um, right. But you know, that's a really good team. But to me, uh, the Saints usually match up well against Arizona, so I'm not sure. Yeah, if, if, It's just if, a
1: road a roll game on a Thursday on a short turnaround. It's just yeah. you know, I just think that's kind of just kind of a tough thing to do. And I don't know how emotional that Bengals game is going to be, but and I know fans are like putting a lot into it as a Joe Burrow, but I don't know if players are, you know, I don't think, you know, they may not look at it like that. They may can, you know, turn it around real quick. So, um, you know, that was interesting to me. I saw a lot of of fans like, oh, I can't believe that Bengals game isn't in prime time. But I think sometimes we don't realize. Yeah, I mean, it still could get flexed. But I just think a lot of times it's fans, especially here in Louisiana, we think that everybody in the nation is right, exactly. all into this Joe Burrow. And like exactly. people, people across the country could care less about exactly. Joe Burrow coming back to Louisiana. So right. uh, being at noon, I didn't, I wasn't shocked by that at all.
0: Um, I also, now that you bring that up, I also thought it was uh, strange that, you know, the the Vegas lines maker, odds makers don't have a lot of faith in the saints. And I guess neither do the TV networks because they're on Monday night twice, which is nice, but, other than the Thursday night game, which almost everybody gets a Thursday night game anyway. So that's really nothing special. But they have three primetime games. And I, as of now, they don't play on a Sunday night at all. So I, I just, I found that interesting. And I know Sean Payton's gone. I know Drew Brees is gone, which takes some of the lore away. But I got to be honest, I, w- I was really surprised that they didn't have more than three primetime games. I think this team, and, and look, they may end up getting flexed later on because I think this team... I. I not being a homer, I've been called Derry downer throughout much of my career. People, you know, people forget that I'm probably more down on the saints more often than, than most of, uh, of us here at, at the times, but, but, uh, um, I don't see how this team isn't in the running for the division.
1: I agree. I mean, I think they're, I think they fixed their, that's all their needs in the draft. Um, you know, they bring in Tyron Matthews so today, they, they've addressed, you know, their safety issues, um, losing Marcus and, um, and Malcolm, so I mean, I think this team, I think they're one of the top three teams in the NFC on paper. Again, I don't think we, I think the problem is we don't really know what's how this is going to come together. Uh, to me, Jameis is the key. No question. I mean, how he comes back from his injury, he's the key. And Alvin Kamara. And, and Alvin Kamara, we don't know his. I mean, if he's playing, I mean, I think this team is going to be really, really good. Um, offensive line may be a little question just because you lose a guy like Teron, but uh, so there are some question marks. About this team, I think on paper, I think this is a really good team. So, you know, sometimes I look at my 11 and 6, and I'm like, you know, this team could actually get really – you know, they start off really good. Defense start gelling. The offense is really clicking with Michael Thomas back. Right. You know, this team could be really good. So, I mean, I could see them going, you know, 13 and 4 maybe. But I just – just so many – uh, again, the Camaro thing and just how Jameis plays, you just don't really know and you don't know how Dennis Allen's going to be as a new coach. Like I mean, because he's gonna really have to connect with the players because if this team starts off slow, you just never know how the team is going to how they're going to respond to that. You know, it's gonna be a team that you can't get back if they start off slow, but I, I just don't see that. I think they're really good on paper and I think they'll they'll play well.
0: Well, it's super important to get off to a fast start because of what you just said. I mean, to me, to build the chemistry. Uh, you're not going to have time to, like, just work your way into the season. I mean, you're going to have to build this chemistry and figure out how you respond to Dennis Allen as your head coach um, very quickly. They're not going to have time to to waste. So, yeah, but Sean Payton's first year, and you pointed out, I think you pointed out, I know Amy has pointed it out, Amy Just, that, uh, you know, Sean Payton's first season, 2006, he took a team that was coming off a, just an absolute train wreck. They went 2-14 and 14 in 2005 because Katrina had to play all their games away from the Superdome, and uh, he comes back and and leads them in his first season to a 10-6 and six record and to the NFC Championship game, which no one could have predicted. I mean, it was like predicting the Bengals to go to Super Bowl last year. No one could right. have predicted the Saints in 2006. To, so, and this team is way better off at this point than Sean Payton was when he came in. So, I mean, there's no reason to think why this team can't win 10, 10, or, 10 or 11 games or even 12.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised that, I actually, you know, just to the national people talk. I'm surprised at how down they are on the team just based on. And, again, I think a lot of this is. It's got to be a Sean a Payton, in fact. It's Sean Payton. I think a lot of people still. I mean, you see it on social I media. A lot of people still don't believe in Jamison. I mean, yeah. I think you got that combination. And, yeah, you know, Sean Payton and and no and, 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 and Drew Brees, and they're still thinking about, you know, how good is Jamison. I just think, again, James is going to be the key to all this.
0: I say this about once every two weeks, Rod. Saints fans repeat after me. Drew Brees is gone, and he's never coming back. Stop comparing Jameis Winston to Drew Brees. Don't compare any Saints quarterback to Drew Brees. There is no more Drew Brees. There's never going to be another Drew Brees. And if Jameis Winston does what he did the first seven games of the of the year, you're going to have a top five, and I'm not exaggerating, top five quarterback with the potential to be a franchise
1: quarterback for eight to ten years on this team. Yeah, I agree with you. And on top of that, I mean, we know how good this defense is. So to me, the, exactly. the ingredients the ingredients are there for this team to be really good. And um, again, I keep talking about this eleven and six. I don't know there were some people that thought that was just a little bit much, and I just I just think this team can can, can get there and, and and beyond. Maybe.
0: Well, we also had uh, people riding the magic carpet on our show uh, yesterday. Uh, we had a God love him. We have a regular that was that was coming. I don't remember his last name. His first name's Jerry. He come. He 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 comments every week, and he said the Saints are going 13-4. and four. So, God love them, man. Optimism. <laughs> be optimistic. Be happy. That's what the offseason's all about. Be happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, last thing on the schedule here, um, what scares me uh, also when you look at th- that the easiest games, and I don't mean, obviously, Tampa Bay's not easy. Obviously, Cincinnati's not easy. Um, but there's no question the easiest part of the schedule is the first six Seven, eight weeks—however you want to look at it. We—if Alvin Kamara does get suspended and he gets suspended for six games, that is absolute worst-case scenario. Because then you're you're playing the easiest part of your schedule and the most you know, all your
1: you the know, board, yeah, part yeah. of your
0: home games and your three division games without. It's not arguably he is your best offensive player, and so we don't know what's going to happen with that. But that could be real danger.
1: Yeah, I mean he's a he's a really big key part of what what the Saints want to do this year, and you know, the optimism that people have about this offense is, is a lot of it is centered around him, and just you know what he does and what what um, opposing defenses have to prepare for uh, when facing a guy like him because he can just do so many different things. So you take him off of this offense, and then all of a sudden those first six games where where optimistic Rod has him going six and zero, all of a sudden turns turn into. You know, three and three easily, and uh, again, we know what three and three can do for this this team. They got to get out of the gates. You know, I find it. We, uh,
0: I find it interesting because you you're not usually you're pretty much a realist kind of guy. I mean, when I read your, I, you're, you're you're not optimistic, but you're not pessimistic either. I think you're yeah, pretty I, much. I, right I usually try to be.
1: I usually try to always be right in the middle. Like I, I consider myself really, really objective. And I think you are uh, for sure. And again, this time. When I when I got to eleven and six, I was like, man, I think I'm, I think I'm being a little too optimistic for this team. But then when I kind of look back at it, I mean, I, I really think this is a team that could be good. So I'm just, again, I just I don't know where to say. It. We never know, but I really don't know about about this show No. going.
0: And Rod, another thing is you can't factor in is we don't know the the unknowns. Um, we everything that you look at when you look at a schedule is based on what we know from last year, right? There are going to be right, teams right. on this list. Um, Arizona could fall flat on their face and be terrible this year. I don't think that would surprise anyone if Arizona had a losing record this year. Right. Maybe they right. overcheat. Um, Baltimore, to me, nobody knows what's going to happen with them. I think their morale – I think the things Lamar Jackson said when Hollywood Brown was traded tells me that he might want to jump ship from that team. Who knows what's going to happen there. John Harbaugh has been there so long. How much time does he have left there? Baltimore could be – is an unknown. We don't know about Pittsburgh. I believe in Mike Tomlin. I think they'll be good, but we don't know. Um, yeah. Are the Rams going to be as good as they were last year? We don't know. Um, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's 45 years old. Is he going to make it through a season? I, To me, and, and I'm, I saw a decline towards the end of the last year, kind of like almost Drew Brees-like in his second or third to last year. To me, Tom Brady started just maybe a little bit decline towards the end of the year. To me, that doesn't get better when you turn 45. Uh, and now that he's talking about signing with Fox, this could be his last year. I mean, very well could be his last year. And, and I mean, you look at the others. I mean, we don't know what Deshaun Watson's going to do in Cleveland. And we don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be able to resurrect Philadelphia. So, we're we're, lo- we're looking at the schedule based on 2021
1: when we don't know what's going to happen
0: in 2022. Right.
1: I think one of the differences for me, though, I mean, last year, and I can't remember the whole schedule, but, I mean, you mentioned the Giants. when you And they ended up losing that one, but that was a game that you penciled as a win. Like you knew the state was going to win. That one. There's not a, one single game. On, well, uh, maybe i say Carolina, but <laughs> uh, Carolina at home, I guess, going. but, but it's still a, it's still a division game, but, but the most part, I mean, this schedule, like there's not a game on here outside of Carolina that you just, and it's the NFL. I mean, there aren't any guarantees. in That's right. To me, to me, Carolina's just, that's the one that you can win. But outside of that, there's just not any gimmies on here. I mean, you could, you know, I say eleven and six, but you know this thing. This thing could go the other way too. You know, well, you know all of a sudden you're looking at six would, and eleven or something. So I, I would know, say I say think this, that's going to happen. But
0: I would say this though, Rod. I, I think that other podcasters from other NFL cities, talking to their columnists when they're talking about their schedules, they're saying, and New Orleans isn't going to be easy. So you look at right. it that way. You know.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I just think this team. Yeah. I think it has what. It, That's what it takes to be a
0: good thing. Lastly, I want to talk about the bye week. Um, Look, everybody's got to have a bye week at some time. It is what it is. Um, Who knows? Maybe it'll turn out that's the best time to have it. But to me, that is the absolute – first of all, it's the latest time you can have a bye week is week 14. They don't start to week six now. So the first five weeks, no one has a bye week. I I actually like that. But I don't know why they don't just crunch like – have like six teams have a bye week at a time, or even eight, and and have them six through nine, or seven through ten, or something like that. I know it, it stinks as far as they're, like
1: they're not give, they're not giving away giving away all those TV games. And well, it's too I, much. I get it, but you still you got to have them still at some time. The same, right? You're still playing the same amount of games. Total it's not, time it's not
0: fair to a team to, for one team to have a bye week in week six, in my opinion. And another team, and I haven't looked. I don't know when Tampa Bay's, Atlanta's, and Carolinas are. I, ha- I have not had time to look at the other schedules yet. I will. Um, we'll dive into that, and we'll we'll go through it, bet.nola.com, and we're going to see what we think that that matters. But obviously, there are bye weeks before week 14. And I just don't think it's fair for a team to have their bye week with on December the 11th. You're talking about two weeks before Christmas. You don't have a week off until. And not only that. You get your bye week after you go to San Francisco and Tampa Bay, which very well could be the two toughest. That could be to me, if you want to talk about two week stretch, the toughest two week stretch on the schedule, I think it's that one. And to me, I'd rather have, you'd rather have a bye week before that. Um, So, and then you get Atlanta, which who cares? I mean, uh, by then you hope that it's, it's, that Atlanta's four and, and nine or whatever they are. And the saints are nine and four and, but, but I just I hate that week 14 bye week.
1: Well, I know last year, I do remember specifically that Tampa Bay had the late bye last year. They, they, their bye was like that late in the season. and Yeah. You know, I, I think it just depends on – you know, it depends on uh, – eyes basically just depends on when your injuries come and if you need that extra week. And the Saints whooped up on them late in the season and maybe it was because yeah. they were tired. Yeah. But whenever you have to play that many games in a row, I mean to me, I mean, I ideally your body's in the you know, dead middle of the season. That way, you, yeah. you know, you played eight games, take a break, then play the last mile or whatever. Uh, last year I think the Saints by was really early, like week four or five. I can't remember I mean I don't know when the rule came in. Maybe it was week six. I, I don't think it was, it was
0: week six. I think it was early. I think it was
1: early. Okay. Yeah, it was early, but I mean so it means you gotta you know, you get it out the way and then you gotta play that long stretch. Yeah. Want. So I mean, yeah, yeah, ideally you just wanna be in the middle and to me if you're if your buy is too close to the front or too close to the back, either way, I think you're just well, not good. Just I think
0: they need they need to figure out a way to at least have the buys over by week 11, in my opinion. I mean, start them No, out. I agree.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree.
0: I know you don't want to have a buy in week four, but um, to me, I'd rather have it in four than 14. I mean, it, to me, yeah, that
1: 14 just, is just yeah, too late. Yeah, I agree. All right. I mean, it's just
0: like Rod Walker, uh, before I let you go, uh, just tell me um, – your overall sense about where this team is right now. We talked about uh, Jameis. We talked about we don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. I haven't talked to you since the draft. Um, I got to say, overall, there were some weird picks in there, but Chris Olave and Trevor Penning, to me, make this team on offense. There's no question that that's what they needed more than anything, and to fill those two slots um, I think is outstanding. And then you get – the Jackson kid at linebacker, I think, could be a, quite a find in the fifth round. Um, those three picks, to me, stand out more than any of the others.
1: Yeah, I just think for the first time in a while, it seems like the Saints had holes and build them. You know, I mean, most, sometimes they get drafted, get best player available or the player they had to, you know, grade the highest and it's some position that most people didn't think they really needed. But I think them filling these two, really big needs with, you know, losing to Ron, so they got they got Trevor Penning in to replace him and, you know, drafting another receiver, and you get Michael Thomas coming back. So, to me, this team is in a really, really good place. I mean, I just can't see. I don't know what else they could have done in the offseason to make you think that this team could be better than what, they, what they've done. So, um, again, we don't know how these guys are going to, going to pan out as far as the rookies. Uh, We think they're going to be good. I mean, everything, all indications are they're going to be good. We don't know how these guys are going to respond to, you know, a defensive-minded coach like Dennis Allen. So, I mean, it may take, you know, that – to me, I think that could be something here with this team. I I think Dennis Allen, he's been a head coach before. I think he's learned from the, you know, the the things he may have done wrong when he was with Oakland. Uh, They were Oakland at the time. (laughs) So, I I think – I think he knows what he's doing. So, but I mean, you, there's still a transition going from Sean Payton, who was like this, such a player's coach. He knew how to push all the right buttons. And, you know, the players really connected with Sean, which was what made him so great. And it's what made that locker room culture so great. So I just think if Dennis, and, and Dennis going to have to be his own guy. He can't go in there and try to be. Right. He can't be the. I, can't be another Sean Payton. This team doesn't need another Sean Payton. They need him to be who he is. I mean, you have to be true to yourself to, to be successful. Because if you're not authentic, I mean, players are going to be able to read through it anyway and say, that's not who this guy really is. So yeah. to me, I mean, it's going to be really keep him to be able to connect with these guys and keep that locker room culture like it is. And, you know, because I think Sean, he built this culture that guys wanted to come here and play. And uh, I think even this offseason, the free agency, I don't think, uh, like, Saints didn't really get any, big-time offensive free agents because it has a lot to do with that reputation that Sean Payton had built. So I think Dennis Allen's going to have to put his stamp on his team and and let, you know, and it may be this may be a defensive team now. Um, fans have to Which is defensive. okay. I mean, have, it's okay, right. There's no, You can just win. It doesn't matter how you do it. A lot of teams have won Super Bowls, you know, based on their defense. So. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think, I mean, again, this team has enough offensive weapons, but that won't be the case. You, you can also be good at, on both sides of the ball, and which to me is what makes a team really dominant. They're really good on offense, really good on defense, which, is probably why you know I think that's why I got this team at eleven and six, and can see it being even better than that because I do think the defense is really good, and I think the offense has the potential to be really, really explosive. And you put that together, and you know you have a really good team.
0: And they're still sixteen million under the cap, so I mean I, this team is not complete yet.
1: Right, they're not. I mean, I, you know I, I think it would be pretty good if they could go out and get another running back maybe because again, we don't know, we don't know the Camaro situation, I was Mark Ingram is, is getting up there. And, and so, I mean, you can never, I mean, running back just a position that you could use some depth in anyway.
0: I think, uh, didn't you go to high school with Mark Ingram? I mean, uh, how old is this dude? Well, <laughs> <Right. just> completely, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> completely kidding. Um, uh, it's been fun, Rod. Um, I pre, I, I really, I really enjoyed your column. Um, even the ones I I didn't agree with. I love the way you put it together. And uh, I know saints fans, most saints fans, uh, not the ones riding on the the magic carpet. They're not going to be happy unless they go like 15 and two or something silly like like that. But uh, I I think most fans would be very happy if your predictions come true, because I think uh, 11 wins might not be good enough to win the division, but it's certainly good enough to, to go to the playoffs. And I think if this team goes to the playoffs, it's definitely a step in the right direction, and it's a great great uh, starting point for Dennis Allen. so yeah, uh, I think most people it.
1: have this team, you know I think ten or eleven you know just and I'm trying to talk to Philip, you know like as far as rational fans, make it fun I think nine. yeah, I think nineteen or eleven wins is probably where most people have this team I mean and thing of that, you're probably being a little too optimistic or a little too pessimistic. I think you probably more realistic
0: be relevant in January is all we ask, right right, right. <laughs> Rod Walker, thank you for joining Dad too. We will talk to you soon, my friend. All
1: right, thanks, man.
0: A six and zero start. Can you imagine the Houdat Nation jumping for joy with a six and zero start? It is not out of the realm of possibility, and Rod Walker would look like an absolute genius if that happens. But don't count on it. I'm not being dairy downer. I'm just being realistic. I mean, six and zero. A new coach, a quarterback that's only played seven games in the system. We don't know what's up with Alvin Kamara. A rookie left tackle. That's a lot to ask. But I will say this. Um, I guess the only good thing about having a backloaded schedule is they do have time to get it together. They do have time to build chemistry early. They better stay healthy by week and week 14. But uh, I will say this. If Rod is right and they do win 11 games, that is a very successful season for this team and is way over the predictions of Las Vegas. And I haven't gone through and dissected every game, and I will. But I can tell you that I'm probably not going to pick them to win 11 games. Maybe. We'll see. Um. But we'll be doing that over the summer. In fact, over the summer, I think we're going to go through each team with a fine-tooth comb and uh, dissect all 32 teams and their schedules and predict their win totals if you are so inclined to to bet those sorts of things. That's completely you know, up to you, obviously. You can bet those things now. Win totals on Caesar Sportsbook, which is the official partner of bet.nola.com, official odds partner, that is. Uh, So you can check those out if you want to go look at them. Right now I can tell you the Saints are over and under of 7.5. The odds makers are begging you, just begging you to take the over, which scares the bejesus out of me because, I mean, who wants to deal with a really crappy season? But Vegas thinks it's going to be a crappy season, or at least mediocre at best. If you want to bet the over, 7.5 wins, which means... They go 8 and 9 and you bet the over you win. That's right. But you got to lay $140 to win 100 or $14 to win 10. Or you do the math for the rest of it cuz I wasn't good in math is a reason why I'm a sports writer. And conversely, if you think they're not going to be that good and they won't win eight games, Then you can bet the under, and you get value, because I think it's plus 110, which means if you bet $100 and they don't win eight games, then you win $110. I always think those things are fishy, but a couple years ago, um, I bet, I just thought it was weird that Tampa Bay's over under, Tom Brady's first year there was only eight and a half, and this is when they were playing 16 games. And of course I thought that Tom Brady would win more than eight games, but I just thought... When I see those fishy numbers, I usually bet the weird side. I'm like, they got to know something I don't know. So, like a fool, I bet the, the under on the Bucks. I mean, there are dumb bets, and then they're betting that Tom Brady won't be better than 8-8. Eight and eight. I did it. I'm not ashamed to say it. So, it just goes to show you that just because Vegas thinks they know something, they're not always right. And I, I just, honestly, I don't. Unless they just break down the first half of the season – and they're four and five going into the second half or worse. I don't see how this team doesn't win at least eight games. I just don't. I mean, whatever. Enough of all that. You've got your fill on the Saints 2022 schedule. You can pour over it. You can also go, if you're so inclined, and you've been listening to this podcast here Datitude, by the way, if you haven't figured it out by now, is on every major podcast platform and we air every Friday when it's not football season. Except in instances when we deem necessary to run a second episode, which in fact we do next week, boys and girls. Well, Andy Lack, who has a podcast, Inside Golf Podcast, check it out. If you're into golf at all, whether you bet golf or not, and you just like golf, you need to listen to Andy Lack. He is a golfer turned podcaster. Slash, golf analyst and he's phenomenal and there's a site that he writes a column on every week called Rick Run Good and it is fantastic and um, Uncle Big Nick got me into it a couple months ago Um, I've always just followed for a a while I was just following Uncle Big Nick's picks by him going through Rick Run Good and through Andy and um, finally I joined myself and I'm glad I did Um, because there's all kinds of great stuff on there, and it's really helped me win money betting golf. And I don't bet a whole bunch. I'm not like Uncle Big Nick, who also will be on the show uh, next Wednesday, but it's going to be fun. Um, So we will do a PGA Championship preview. And then next Friday, we will have Doug Mouton of WWL-TV, sports director over there. Uh, Doug's been on the show quite a few times. I'm sure we'll be talking uh, mostly Saints uh, as we start getting into off-season workouts coming up, his thoughts on the schedule and uh, just some overall general thoughts. We're just gonna chat, see where the chat leads us. That's what datitude's all about. Doug's got datitude in a little bit different way, but Doug's got his datitude, and he's uh, he's kicking my butt right now in fantasy baseball. So I'm sure that'll come up. Anyway, boys and girls, Friday the 13th. What other song we have? We, we st- we're going to end the show the same way we started it. Happy birthday to Stevie Wonder, who is 72 years old. That's right. He was born on the 13th. Now, he happened to be born on Saturday the 13th, but still, he's got a little superstition, right? What other way to lead, lead uh, finish off the show Then to go back and play that song? What a great song that is. So, But happy birthday to one of America's top all-time performers. And um, we say happy 72nd birthday to Stevie Wonder. Before we leave you, we remind you to hug the ones you love, the ones you don't. Well, do what you got to do. Peace and love, my friends. We will see you next Wednesday.